0: This is the Hunt for Wellness podcast with John Reynolds, 51, Snooky. It's another great day for wellness and this is Bones bringing the packs of F3 Nation the latest strategies and tips to accelerate their king and optimize their queen. Health is a journey and requires you to take a proactive approach on a daily basis. Knowing exactly what to do and how to do it will help you achieve it faster. Each week, we are going to be interviewing the leading health and wellness experts, sharing inspiring stories from the packs, and diving into the latest research to help you optimize your health. So get ready as we embark on your hunt for wellness. well welcome back to another edition of the hunt for wellness podcast this is dr tunis hunt otherwise known as bones in the gloom and pax it's great to be back with you this week and uh, i'm super excited about our show about our uh, guest and about the topic as you'll learn it's something uh as you guys uh, will discover as near and dear to my heart as as my mammon and my professionalism it's something that i get to work with quite a bit and um we have a PAX member who's willing to kind of share their experience with it and what they are doing personally to not only combat a lot of the common symptoms and signs, but excel on the back end of a diagnosis like this. And so I'll bring in our special guest first and we'll talk about our topic as we go. But our special guest this week is F3's Snooky or John Reynolds uh, out of the Cape Fear region. Welcome to the show, my friend.
1: Thanks, Bones. Uh, Good to be here. Excited to be on the show.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So why don't we start a little bit about, you know, up front about your F3 journey. How did you learn about F3, where you post uh, pretty consistently? I know I mentioned the Cape Fear region where you're at now, but, uh, you know, maybe about where you're from and why you got the name Snooki.
1: Sure. Yeah. So the, the first time I heard about F3 was maybe around 2018 or so. And and the way somebody described it to me ultimately never matched what it is. Uh, they said, Oh, you know, it's a bunch of guys. We get together and we work out and we're there for each other. And, you know, I didn't know if it was in a gym, if these were regulars, if these were, you know, bodybuilders, it just, and um, you know, I never really, um, Felt that I understood, you know. Mind you, I didn't ask the questions, but uh, let's just say that that, uh, that effort uh, to H me didn't uh, to E H me didn't work. Um, but then in, in March twenty twenty one, my uh, wife, who's a middle school teacher, uh, worked with uh, a Pax member. His name is uh, Special K. Uh, he's a big presence here in the in the Cape Fear. He's a, a strong E H And um, you know, so he went through uh, the best channel possible to recruit, which is uh, you know your M. And uh, so she said, "You he won't he uh, Special K won't let me or his name is Joel said "Uh, Joel won't let me um, stop asking you about this. So you better get back to him." And all of a sudden, I know I'm I'm texting him at nine or ten o'clock in the night, and you know the next thing I know, I'm showing up at at five thirty on a March on a a twenty degree March day. you know, uh, doing things that I, I never thought I would be doing it at at 530 in the morning. Right. Um, we were doing pickup basketball uh, with with, you know, push ups, didn't know they were merkins, and, uh, you know, totally, th- thoroughly exhausted after 45 minutes. But I loved every minute of it. Right. And um, my so my first post was at uh, Mamba Monday here, uh, which is in downtown Wilmington. And uh, it was with 30 guys, there were, there were 30 packs there because uh, down here it was a bridge battle. So it was a uh, two AOs converged and had the, the pickup basketball competition. So it was a pretty big thing. Uh, naming went really quick. We had two FNGs and uh, you know a COT with 30 guys uh, was taking a little longer. So I just said, hey, I'm from New Jersey. It didn't get very far. They said, we already had a turnpike uh, so they gave me the name of uh, of Snooky.
0: Yeah, well, that makes perfect sense. When I saw your name and even your little uh, Slack uh, profile picture, I figured it had to do yeah. something with Jersey or the Jersey Shore or or whatever. But uh, well, that's man, uh, that's pretty impressive to get up on a. You said it was thirty degrees. Twenty degrees, yeah. thirty degrees. Yeah,
1: Wilmington, it you know, it's 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 in North Carolina, so it doesn't get too cold, but you know, it's a steady, uh, it always steadily around the, the freezing mark between January and March. Now I know that yeah. the Fargo guys are probably rolling their eyes, right? And then everybody in the maybe the Pacific Northwest, but yes, for a, a good stretch of time here in, in North Carolina, it, it is around the, the freezing mark.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm in North Carolina as well in the Charlotte region. So I'm I'm familiar with the similar temperatures and good for you to get out there and and good for your M to continuously uh kind of poke at you. I, I hear that quite a bit from a lot of packs across the country. You know, they 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 hear through the grapevine, through their M. Uh, of this opportunity to get out there and post. Now, were you already pretty athletic guy? I mean, were you doing exercises on your own? Or were you brand new to kind of getting out there and exercise? I
1: I, I was not really exercising that much. Um, I, I guess you could say I've always been blessed with a good metabolism. Um, I've always, I've been I've been 510 since I've been about 12 years old, right, I, I stopped growing and I've, I've generally been between, say, like 165 and, and 195 my whole life, haven't really fluctuated too much from there. Um, I could always eat a ton and it would never show, um, right, and I would run every so often or go to the gym every so often, uh, even playing pickup soccer for a number of years, um, generally tried to stay somewhat fit um, without having any real regimen or um you know fitness program that i followed
0: got it and now you mentioned special k worked with your wife was he just kind of going up to all the women in school and asking them if they had a husband that wants to to pose yes how was that yeah well of
1: course of course once i got um, once i you know got to know a lot of guys i realized that most of the teachers close to him uh, our, our, are F three guys, and, um, you know, and you know, and so we we'd be at 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 these school Christmas parties, and it it wasn't awkward for me because even though my wife was the teacher and she knew most of the teachers at the party, uh, most of the guys there were had been either at one time posted in F three or were currently posting in F three. So it it I know Special K's uh, reach was very strong.
0: Yeah, uh, well, that's the, great in, in that curve. Well, awesome. Well, I know that you've been, I guess, posting with F3 then for a couple of years. Um, and so you moved down from New Jersey, and that was – back in 2017, correct? Yeah, 2017. Okay. Yep. So you'd yep. been there a couple years before you got EH. And so you right. kind of want to go back to that time frame and talk about a little bit of what we're going to dive into today. And uh the, the subject matter packs that we're going to be talking about is a diagnosis called spinal stenosis. And We'll get into the details of what that is as we discuss that, but it was something that Snooky was diagnosed with and had some specific symptoms around that he's had to deal with over the last handful of years on managing um, those symptoms, as well as finding strategies to accelerate his health through this process. And spinal stenosis is something as chiropractors, we see quite a bit. Uh, as far as um, patients coming in with these symptoms and helping them uh, manage these symptoms. Um, and, and certainly if problems get too bad, surgery is always kind of a, the the last result, resort. And so what we're trying to do is find solutions for people prior to that point. So kind of walk us back uh, to that 2017 timeframe here, Snooky, as far as what you started to notice from a symptomatic standpoint how'd you kind of come to the conclusion of spinal stenosis?
1: Sure. So, uh, 2017, I was, uh, I was 46 and, uh, my wife and my family, we made, you know, the leap to, uh, to move out of New Jersey and, um, go to warmer climates in, uh, in Wilmington, North Carolina. So I had a, you know, to pack up and move one house and then to transition down here with the move and then, you know, unpack all the stuff and then, uh, you know, move it into the new house. And, um, you know, so I was doing a lot of lifting again, uh, mentioning before, not really actively in shape. I wasn't, you know, in complete pain after moving, but after moving a lot of boxes, I just started to, to notice like some, you know, some pain or a knot uh, in your neck. Right. A lot of guys uh, and I even I had it for years, you know, you'd you you turn the wrong way in the shower or you'd you know, you'd lift a grocery bag and, you know, you'd, you'd I always called it a pinched nerve in my neck. I didn't I didn't know what it was called. And right for a few days, I'd have a stiff neck and try to, you know, ice it or work it out and eventually it'd go away. Right. So I thought, it, you know, after moving all of these boxes all the time, it would go away. Well, a few weeks, a few months. Uh, you know, became the fall of that year. Yeah, I told my wife, I go, I, I still have this pain in my neck. It's it, sometimes it's dull. Sometimes it's tingling. Sometimes it hurts, right? It feels like my neck muscles are really inflamed. Um, and then oftentimes it was shooting a pain down my shoulder and I would feel it on the back of my arm in my elbow. So, um, you know, at that point, I understood that I had something wrong. And my first step was uh, simply to go to my, um, you know, my regular doctor that just uh, my MD um, that I had, um, you know, uh, saw as a as a new patient down here. I mentioned it to him. Um, So at that point, you know, that was my initial initial read. Something was up. Let me have uh, my physician take a look at it.
0: Yeah. So so, I had. Yeah. Go ahead. Were you noticing like numbness or weakness in your arm? You mentioned pain in the arm. Were you noticing like grip strength loss or, uh, I was not noticing that.
1: Right. And, you know, generally it was, it was more of just a nuisance. Um, there were, there were, there were times later where the pain was very strong. Um, but you know, generally it was just something that was inconveniencing me. Um, so, uh, I, I'm a I'm a an IT manager, right? I I work on a computer all day long, um, right? You know we were uh, long into the to the smartphone era, right? So I had probably, you know, been used to you know looking down at my phone or you know turning my head all you know different ways during the day to to do my work, and um, you know when you have to do that all day long, uh, any sort of impediment to that uh, becomes a distraction. So yeah, so that's um, you know how I how I came you know I did, certainly didn't rush into the ER and scream my neck is killing me right you know it wasn't anything like that but uh, when I talked about it with my physician the first thing he recommended was to see uh, was to get an MRI and um, and the um, you know I got the MRI and then uh, after seeing him again he showed me uh, the results which. Um, he introduced as uh, spinal stenosis. And um, so at the time, it was it was a new term to me. I had no idea um, what he was talking about. The only thing I had ever heard about spinal stenosis is uh, being a big baseball fan and also being a, a New York Mets fan. Uh, David Wright, uh, the third baseman, um, longtime third baseman for the Mets, had a very um, public case where he went on the long-term disabled list um, to treat uh, his spinal stenosis, uh, ultimately ha- had a little, you know, flare of a comeback, um, but ultimately retired because he couldn't, you know, play baseball. Uh, right. I'm just an IT manager. I could, I could figure out different ways to look at a computer, improve my posture. Right. But I don't have to to swing a bat and try to hit a, a hundred mile an hour baseball, right. Or, or play in the field. Um, so that's really all I knew about it. And um, so you know, then he explained to me um, what uh, spinal stenosis was.
0: Yeah. So let's kind of dive into that, you know, specifically, because that might be a term that maybe not everyone is familiar with. I, I know people are familiar with, quote unquote, a pinched nerve or muscle spasms or you know, in, in the terminology of chiropractic, we talk about a subluxation where the joint might be restricted or, or, you know, inhibiting a nerve, uh, as far as, uh, what it's supposed to be doing, but spinal stenosis is completely different than all of that. Um, you know, from an anatomy standpoint, uh, we have a vertebral column, which are all the bones that we consider up and down the spine, and there's a canal in that vertebral column where your spinal cord lives. So the spinal cord comes from your brain goes all the way down to the boss, the base of your quote, quote, spinal column and kind of spreads out, um, kind of looks like a horsetail if you will, but that's where all the nerve neural pathway is located up and down the back is in this canal encased in your vertebrae up and down the spine. And then there's small openings on either side that allow actual nerve and nerve roots to come out into the body and allow, you know, the whole nervous system communication, if you will, to take place. Well, the narrowing of that spinal canal is what is the term spinal stenosis. So it's getting smaller and smaller. And as you can imagine, as that space gets smaller, it puts pressure on the spinal column, which then elicits all these symptoms. And I mentioned or I asked you early about numbness or tingling or even loss of grip strength, which is also something that can happen very commonly because, again, that nerval, neural pathway is supposed to be there to allow that. Um, and so that can narrow for a, for a multitude of reasons. Uh, it can narrow because of arthritic development or arthritis developing. It can narrow due to bulging of a disc, uh, those little jelly-filled donuts, if you will, between the vertebra. Um, it can, uh, or herniated disc, um, there can be calcification of the actual ligaments themselves that can start to narrow that. So there's a handful of reasons why you can get spinal stenosis and certainly how it kind of progresses. So tell me a little bit about your specific condition. What did they explain to you? What was happening in your case of why you were experiencing the stenosis Yes. Uh,
1: yeah, it was explained to me, um, Right, again, they're, um, the, the the main parts of the spine, right, you have the cervical, which they identify those vertebrae with a prefix of C, right? You have the thoracic, which is pretty much from your neck um, down to your lower back, uh, which is prefixed with a T, and then the lumbar, which is your lower vertebrae prefixed with an L, and then I think what is the fourth section is really pretty much just your tailbone, right?
0: Yeah, they call um, it sacrum or the sacral area.
1: Right exactly. And, and, um, you know, I mentioned before what what the most common one is, is, is lower back stenosis. And, you know, you hear a lot of um, uh, pain induced uh, when the sciatica nerve is, uh, or sciatic nerve is, is pinched. And, you know, many of us have heard that how how painful that is and and how that can be treated. So he explained to me that I, I, I definitely had um, uh, cervical stenosis. And it was in the, uh, you know, towards the uh, the base of my neck, and um, you know, so I my immediate thought was like, okay, um, you know, do I go on a prescription? Um, you know, fix it, right? My, uh, you know, I generally healthy uh, my whole life, never really had, um, you know, been kind of blessed without having any other uh, medical issues or had to take medication long term or uh, chronic pain or anything like that. But you know, as I understood it, um, it does affect. Um, you know, uh, possibly eight to 11% of the population, um, mostly common in, in people over 50, right. So I was around that mark, right. Um, or 40, 47, or 48 at the time. And, um, you know, as, as we were talking about the pain symptoms, they, they, I, you know, sometimes they call what a, a niggle, right. You just feel like a, a niggle in your neck or your muscle. You don't really know what it is. It's not too painful um but it can it can you know can vary throughout the day um as far as the pain level but then there's really extremes right as you mentioned you know loss of feeling in your hands or if it's a lumbar loss of feeling in your in your legs and your feet um or even possibly in lumbar you could even you know lose you know bowel control and other really dangerous things right so i wasn't experiencing those um but again you know in my in my work life and and honestly um you know, you you don't really give too much thought about um, you know neck pain and how how critical it is to the functioning of the rest of your body, right? You break your arm, you wake up in the morning, you know, you realize you have a broken arm. You you, you deal with it throughout the day, that will eventually heal. Um, but your, your your neck is it's it's like the foundation of your you know, almost, you know, top five areas of your whole body, it's critical, right? And it's going to determine your, uh, your physical health, uh, your mental health, right? You know, you, you, you know, the expression pain in the neck is not uh, a misnomer, right? Because I'm, I'm walking around pain, I'm having a tough time concentrating on my work. I may be more aggravated at home. I may be, you know, uh, short to anger. Uh, things like that. So, you know, even though, uh, you know, I, it's, it's not a, um, you know, it's not a death sentence, it's still uh, not something that makes your, your daily life, um, a complete joy. So, you know, that was my first step, really, you know, okay, you, you know, you have told me what this is. And now how can I, um, you know, what, what, what's the next step here? um and then the uh you know the four words that hit me uh when i was told there is no cure <laughs> right okay so 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 what does that mean and that's when um uh you know my uh my physician explained some of the next steps uh towards uh managing this and um you know some of those include uh pain management and you know again that is really as it's described uh without a cure, you're not necessarily fixing anything. You are just, um, you know, uh, implementing ways uh, to manage that. Um, but then, um, and so I, I, I did do some consultations. I, I got two, uh, two steroid injections uh, in my neck, which um, it just didn't help. It, uh, you know, after uh, a few days, I felt some, some mild uh, comfort. Um, but then after a few days, it just came back and they're like, all right, well, let's do another one. I mean, you know, I was like, well, how many times are, are we, are we gonna keep doing this? Um, so, uh, you know, that wasn't helpful. Um, I did go to physical therapy and, um, it was, it was helpful getting some exercises that would relieve, um, the pain. Um, I just think of the, the timing that I experienced, uh, at that point, there was a stretch during my therapy when. Um, it actually got worse. And I, I, I simply had more pain. Uh, and again, it is certainly, I know there's a, a lot of physical therapists and, and physical therapy is, is um, you know, great industry out there. And I'm totally not knocking it. I'm just saying that my experience when I went, it made the condition worse. And I had no uh, other alternative except to, to seek another uh, another avenue. And um, I kind of remember, uh, it was maybe around 2018, uh, I think around mid 2018. Uh, I went, I went where everybody usually goes to, uh, to cry for help, uh, which is Facebook. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just kind of like late on a Friday, just put it out there, I was having really bad pain. And I said, somebody help me. I'm like, I'm, I'm you know, miserable at home um, pain's getting really bad. Has anybody dealt with this? Am I going to have to deal with this my entire life? And you know, again, I got a lot of suggestions. One person said I had a, um, is, is it called a, a, a discotomy? It's something where they just so the, remove the disc.
0: Yeah. So there's something called a disectomy, of okay, like right. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of removing the disc. Uh, the other right. common thing people do is something called a laminectomy where they kind of cut right. the, bone and open up space. So it could have been one or the other.
1: Right. So I I had a lot, you know, uh, had a lot of suggestions from people who had experienced different versions of what I was explaining. Um, And, you know, wanted to understand a little bit more uh, because somebody had suggested going to see a a chiropractor and I had been to a chiropractor once in my life. Um, It was to just adjust that, uh, that pinched nerve that I used to have occasionally that I explained one time, but again, I only went once. So my impression was that much like seeing a physician, you go once and that one visit should, um, you know, should, should take care of it. Right? I, I didn't, I, I was completely opened up to the idea of not only, um, you know, therapeutic care, uh, from a chiropractor, but then also preventative care uh, from a chiropractor. So it was around that time. So it was, you know, the timeline there is about a, a year, year and a half after symptoms, I started to see, um, a chiropractor here in, uh, Wilmington fairly regularly. And, um, you know, I, I, started to receive, uh, two or three, um, adjustments a week and started with an X-ray plan, which reiterated exactly what the MRI results had shown. And so I had a specific action plan over the next few months where he was going to, um, you know, try to alleviate some of the immediate discomfort I had based on what the X-rays were showing me. Now I know this is a podcast, right? We can't see the visuals, um, but the uh, I the the x rays showed different different views of your neck, right? So um, you know, I guess the listeners can imagine just looking at your side, um, you know, with your, with your, you know, your shoulders square and your face uh, looking out towards the side, your neck should generally be curved, right? You should, your, your neck shouldn't be straight up and down. It shouldn't be leaning forward. It shouldn't be leaning back. It should have like a nice natural curve to it. And my, my x-ray showed that I had a negative angle on my neck, meaning that my neck was actually leaning forward. Um, And so the, you know, the, part of the action plan was there to implement, uh, you know, to through adjustments to help get some curvature back. And, um, after three months of adjustments that improved by 30%, um, you know, still not ideal, what they consider the, the ideal net curvature, uh, but at least some help there. But the more interesting thing that- was
0: it, uh, let me just interject here. Cause sure. you're bringing up some, some interesting things in, subs- um, subs- Specific things as well. Um, so, when you went to see the chiropractor, um, you obviously went in with the pain and you explained to that person that um, you've been diagnosed with spinal stenosis, correct? Right. I mean, that, yes. that was kind of already your history. And so, right. they opted to take some x rays of your neck to look at, posturally speaking, what your neck looks like. And And I think that brings up a good point because. I think sometimes we get something like an MRI, which is absolutely fantastic from a diagnostic standpoint to look at soft tissue, to look at stenosis, to look at that, but it doesn't take in account or certainly the physician doesn't always look at it through the lens of postural correction, because a lot of times, you know, because it's not a surgical case or it's not a treatment option that they deal with. It's not just something that they bring up or talk about, but Chiropractically speaking, that's exactly kind of from a field that we work with. And so after these pictures that they were taken, it was identified that your your I I I use the term to patients, your your head was on backwards. You know, in other words, the natural curve of your neck, which is supposed to kind of go anterior, looks like a C, kind of anterior out, brings your head back squarely over your shoulders. That curve was actually reversed protruding your head out in front of your shoulders, creating much more pressure through that spinal column than had it been the natural curve. Is that how they kind of explained it to you a little yeah, bit?
1: Exactly. And, and again, I was, um, you know, I, I'm an engineer by trade. I, I work in software. Um, you know, my, my whole job is around um, being given problems and trying to, to figure them out. Right. And so I, I, I felt like I was just simply naive about how important the spine was to the functioning of the rest of the body, right? That statement should be fairly obvious, right? You know, you always hear, you know, sit up straight, you know, you, you know, your, your posture is terrible, but you don't really think hard about what is the real long-term effect of that. Because honestly, you, you, you see people with a lot of bad posture and they they live normal lives, right? They don't, you know, going around, you know, yelling in the streets that, you know, I'm in pain, I'm in pain, right? So I'm, I'm learning these things as I'm being told, right? So, you know, the it's all sequential, right? So the the, the curvature here is causing pressure here. That's going to exacerbate the stenosis here, and that's going to affect this nerve here. And that that nerve in that specific area of your neck is going to directly affect your shoulder blade and the feeling down your arm, right? So again, engineering wise, now it's all starting to click. It's all starting to make sense, right? It's not a, it's not a pulled muscle. It's not a, you know, I guess in, in a sense, there is some, some nerve, um, you know, uh, inflammation, but it's not, you know, what you would probably describe as a, as a, uh, as a pinched nerve, right? So the, and you know, the, the neck curvature, um, you hear the expression technic, Right where mm-hmm. you know you're 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 looking down at your phone, um, or you're, you're you know you're crooning in your neck to look at a monitor. Um, really, at the time, I had been working at home. I, I had been in IT for 20 years, but I had been working from home um, for the f- last five years previous um, to the noticing the injury, and I just did not have a great setup. I had like the old-fashioned wood desk. I had a, a, a chair whose arms didn't fit under it. So I was I was sitting up straight in the chair, but I was crooning my neck to look at my monitor, and I you know I'm I'm almost certain that um, that contributed a lot to the to the weight bearing issues um, you know that it it had on my on my lower neck.
0: Yeah, and and you mentioned earlier about the most common um, age group of people developing this is that middle age, you know, late 40s, 50s, and so forth. And if you think about it from a postural standpoint, by that point in life, you've had four or five generations, or decades rather, of possibly the same old postural you know, pattern that's just chronically creating strain and stress, which then leads to arthritic changes, degenerative changes, which then narrows that and creates that stenosis. Um, So started the chiropractic treatment. um, Obviously you mentioned that the improvement uh, you said about 30% improvement with that curvature. And so I'm assuming that alone made some positive change with the stenosis symptoms. Um, correct. It did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: And and again, it's just it's just my personal preference. Um, I was I'm not really a a, a pain relief um you know type guy. I won't just um, you know I won't I didn't want to have you know Tylenol every day or or Motrin every day, right? I didn't want to be dependent on. Uh, on pain meds for relief. I do have a high tolerance of pain, which um, can again <laughs> cause uh, contribute maybe to my to my day to day aggravation, right? But I I, I really wanted to uh, try to find uh, the best way uh, to manage this, right? And so I I you know continuing with my chiropractor that was that was helping, and I had noticed uh, improvements. Um, another thing that the X rays revealed and kind of kind of reminded me. When, uh, again, imagine a, the front view of your chest, uh, it showed I had uh, scoliosis in my uh, upper thoracic region. So uh, around like, the, just think of your spine going up and down, right around my heart, it kind of went on a detour and then came back in. So it, it started at the next straight, um, around my mid chest, um, angled out about 13 degrees, and then came back in and then continued down, um, my lower back. So again, my, my lower back is straight, my, or, you know, a straight looking at it from the front. Um, I had good curvature in the lumbar area. So that's why I'd never really experienced the, the, the lower back pain part, but the, you can imagine if you're, it's just like a cable, uh, or like, a you know, a, like a cable or a phone cord, right? If any part of that starts to kink, it's going to affect the rest of it. Right. So, um you know through the reports that i received it really did show that the upper checks the, uh, the scoliosis in my upper thoracic region was affecting the responsibility that my my neck um, had to uphold in you know the working of my shoulders and my neck uh and things like that and you know again uh, much like the uh, the stenosis aspect of it, right? You can't just straighten out a spine, right? The uh, the scoliosis is is also something that, um, you know, I, I was born with. Um, it was somewhat treated when I was younger, um, but it was it was just identified as a mild case. That, um, you know, I was told at the time that uh, you know I wouldn't have any you know too many long term effects from that. Um, so that was, uh, you know, th- that part of it was something that I realized. You know, the neck can be corrected through manipulation, but the scoliosis maybe uh, is something that's going to be a barrier that I'm just going to have to to work around.
0: Yeah, you brought up a couple of good points here. Um, So, when it comes to scoliosis, when they screen you as a child, and, and that's typically when they look at it the most, the concern is if it's extreme, and certainly if it curves a certain direction, more specifically toward the cavity of the heart. It can be somewhat uh, dangerous when it comes to allowing space for proper organ development or hindering those things. So that's kind of why they screen it initially as a, you know, generally speaking. And if it's not severe, um, they're going to give you that simple diagnosis of no big deal. It's nothing you have to worry about. You're not going to have any issues because they're thinking of it in the realm of those, you know, very severe cases. Having said that, after the age of 18, for the most part, most of our spine has matured, and there's not a whole lot that can be done for that curvature, if you will, of uh, of the scoliosis um, after that age. Now, things have happened, and I've seen case reports and studies that have seen changes, so I don't want to use a blanket statement that it can never change, but um, certainly um, it's less likely, nor is it some really the primary objective of a treating physician to change that as much as restore as much function into that joint as possible to maximize that person's outcome based on what they have. Um, You know, and when it comes to scoliosis, I just do want to plug this. Um, You're absolutely right. From a congenital standpoint, that does kind of get passed down generationally. Having said that, if you're, Child is between the age of eight and 18, and you're concerned about that, that is the perfect window of opportunity to take them to places like chiropractors and other postural experts because there are things that can be done during those developmental growing years that can have quite a bit of influence. On how well that scoliosis improves over that time frame. So I do want to just plug that because that may be something I don't want people to think that you're just a victim and you have right. to just necessarily accept it, accept it. Now, like I said, if, if you're waiting until you're 35 to get the x-ray and and, and you right. s- discover scoliosis, you know, chances are there's nothing that's gonna be done with that, but It can still be improved upon from a functionality standpoint and certainly alleviate pressure points up and down the spine. Because as you mentioned, your neck or other aspects of your spine has to compensate as a result of the curvature that you do have. And that's what you have to learn how to maximize and support so that you do get a better functioning spine and less pressure, regardless of the curvature that's there.
1: Right. Right. Yeah, and, and one of the side effects of that is that in, in pictures, I would always, if I was standing up, I, my shoulders would always appear uneven. And uh, it was, I don't know how the the, the myth uh, progressed for so long, but um, I was told by a doctor at one point in time that I had one leg that was half an inch shorter than the other. So, okay, well, it, it, that's what I'm told, that's what it is. Um, the last part that the x-rays revealed is is hip tilt. And it showed that my, I had a, um, I think it was a six degree, um, tilt on my hips. Well, you know, simple, uh, you know, get out the tape measure. Uh, if you tilt six inches on legs that are a certain length, you're going to get a half inch difference, you know, is, is kind of like the aha moment. So again, part of the, uh, the, um, uh, manipulations I get with my chiropractor are for hip adjustments, right. Um, to, uh, and, and that's been improved, um, not only through the adjustments, but also through um, orthopedic uh, lifts. I have uh, inserts that I put um, in any shoe that I'm wearing to help correct that over time. There may be a point that I don't need them, um, but that's another uh, tool that I'm using to help uh, correct that aspect of the stenosis, which is the, uh, the effect of um, the scoliosis on, uh, on hip tilt.
0: Yeah. The feet are the foundation to the spine. We, we do orthotic fitting in our office for that very reason. Uh, unfortunately, if arch support isn't there, it can affect the tilt of the hips, which then affects, uh, you know, the, the low back, the upper back, the neck, everything compensates. It's a big kinetic chain. So uh, I love the idea that you're kind of going from the ground up all the way up the spine. To, to compensate and, and to make those corrections. So obviously part of your strategy has been postural correction through right. chiropractic adjustments and stabilization and exercise. Um, but you used a term earlier, um, inflammation. And when it comes right. to pain and discomfort, that's really kind of what you're feeling, you're feeling in this inflammatory response. And I often have to talk to my patients about this very thing too, because it's one thing for me to address maybe some postural biomechanical, you know, dysfunction. And that's certainly an, an aspect of the care. But if they're ignoring other triggers and causes of inflammation, then sometimes the results aren't as radical as they could be had they had like a multi-tiered approach. And so from an inflammatory standpoint, one of the key driving factors is food and our diet. So what right. changes, if any, have you made in that aspect of your health to kind of help this process along as well?
1: Right. Sure. So there were, there were a few, um, uh, like topical approaches. Uh, and then of course, you know, the, the, the food that you ingest and and your, your overall approach to nutrition. So, you know as far as even topical um right i was using like the deep blue um you know some of the some of the guys in my generation right decades ago remember the the ben-gay right it was you know after the workout apply that ben-gay you'll feel better right now it's it's uh you know it's a deep blue rub um there's a number of different menthol rubs there's one called biofreeze which is very good um, there's CBD creams, right. Which will help with the, with the inflammation from a topical level, right. All of those will get absorbed in your skin, uh, and help in some way. Um, you know, I, I was, I was gifted a neck massager. That's always a, a good thing, right. When, you know, how, how classic a, a 59 year or a 49 year old Christmas present is right. To ask for a, a neck massager to take care of your, your, your old bones after a workout. Right. Um, and uh, and I became a collector of of pillows too. Um, you know, uh, sleep posture was one thing I did not know uh, was as critical to maintaining spine health as it was. I was chronically a side sleeper. Um, you know, burying my shoulder in the mattress. You know, if if you ever took a a, a picture of me sleeping, uh, you know, who knows what angles my whole body was contorted at, right? And and understanding that you know, get a getting a good pillow um, to sleep well, um, will help, um, at least just not have your spine go in the wrong direction, right? It'll at least keep it in the right direction. So the, the maintenance aspect of some of these approaches, um, was, uh, you know, I, have pretty much tried all of these different methods. Um, but during the, the, during the initial, uh, consultations, I said, well, you know, what else can I do? And he started talking about nutrition. I'm like, what, what does this have anything to do with my, you know, C5 and C6 vertebrae, right? It's like, well, you know, the inflammation that you're experiencing, you know, isn't just due to the spine. It's due to, um, you know, uh, how your body is processing the food that it's taking in, right? Your, your body will respond differently to, to fruits, vegetables, meats, uh, right, sugars, carbs, um, really every aspect uh, that, you, uh, that you take in. We always hear garbage in, garbage out, right? It's not rocket science. Um, I just did not realize that the garbage in had such an effect on, you know, just a uh, full body performance, right? Okay. I thought garbage in eat crap. You're going to get a, you know, you're going to get, um, you know, chubby hips or whatever, right? Or, you know, you, you drink beer, you get a beer belly to me that they're the, the very simplistic outcomes to that sort of behavior. And um, so I started to look into uh, ways that my nutrition can reduce the inflammation, which would reduce, and in some cases, uh, you know, really manage to the point that I wasn't noticing um, the pain in my neck. So the, the, the first attempt, uh, I went full in and, and tried keto. <laughs> uh, and my wife and I, um, both went on that. It was, you know, easiest for us if we're not going to, you know, cook separate dinners. Uh, we still had, uh, two teenagers in the house. Um, I didn't want to be, you know, that guy that was causing disruption in the house. And, you know, I have a special diet and, you know, causing all of us to do extra work just because of that. But, um, um uh, long story short, um, tried it. I just, I, I couldn't manage the the certain diet restrictions on it. Uh, I was getting the keto fog, which is that, you know, kind of, um, you know, feeling of, of, uh, I don't know, absent-mindedness or just, you know, not really good mental clarity that was not helping with my day-to-day work, uh, as an IT manager. Um, and I, I was, uh, you know, I, again, I know you're a, uh, proponent of intermittent fasting. Um, it wasn't working for me only because, uh, again, you combine the, the irritation of the stenosis with the fact that I'm not eating until noon. And I've said this before, I was just not a nice person around the house. Um, so, um, you know, it's not a, it's not a complete binary thing, right? You can have success and not do intermittent fasting. So I, I, I settled on the Mediterranean diet, which was, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a long, it's a very simple approach to food. Um, you know, mostly, uh, uh, vegetables, uh, protein meats, uh, healthy fats, um, fruits and, you know, generally the avoidance of uh, a lot of processed foods, sugars, um, you know, you, you hear, we've all heard a lot of the common things, right. If, you know, if it has a barcode, most likely it's going to have a lot of, uh, additional ingredients and preservatives, um, anything, a lot of things that end in OSE, it's going to have all the sugars. Um so what I've been doing and I still do to this day I I got the first Google result that showed a good list of mediterranean foods I printed it out and I pasted it on my fridge and with a magnet and it's it's been there for 4 years and it's it's very simple if it's not on the list um I don't eat it and uh or you know again try to limit it we're not all we're not all perfect right there are um some cheat days uh thrown in there um right still like a glass of beer but the, the, the ultimate, uh, result is that I feel from my experience eating foods that are generally anti-inflammatory, uh, avoiding sugars, processed sugars, um, you know, there's still, still sugars and fruits, but you know, to me, fruits grow on trees. <laughs> so it as close to nature as you can get. Right. And, um, and, uh, you know, replaced, um, you know, some day I didn't really I wasn't really much of a uh, of a milk person, a dairy person. But when I would use it in cereal or, or oatmeal or things like that, um, I would just replace it with other things. So in other words, I'll have a, a, a protein packed uh, oatmeal breakfast. Instead of using the milk, I'll take uh, blueberries. Those, so, so it gets juicy. Right. And it makes, uh, you know, the oatmeal softer and, and easier to eat. Um, you know, whereas in the, you know, previously I would just, uh, you know, have dairy. So, you know, again, general approach Mediterranean, I feel that it really has helped me reduce inflammation and I definitely notice it if, you know, we, we go out for ice cream with the family and, you know, have a a two scoop of this, um, two or three hours afterwards, I'm noticing a flare up, right? I guess when that, that sugar starts to get processed and, and put through my, through my veins and starts to reach other, other parts of your body. I I do notice it and um, it'll, it'll last for three or four hours and it'll eventually go away. But I I came to realize how sensitive your body is um, to what you put in.
0: Yeah. And I appreciate you sharing all that information because I think that's going to be really helpful for people to listen to. Um, one from the standpoint, there's not a one size fits all when it comes to nutrition or even strategy. Uh, you mentioned intermittent fasting, you mentioned, you mentioned ketogenic style diets, and then certainly the Mediterranean style, which is kind of what you've incorporated. And, you know, at at the end of the day, all, all those approaches can be effective and exactly right for the right person. Um, I think what they all have in common and, you know, the longer I've done this and worked with multiple clients who have, you know, nuances as far as what they enjoy to eat, not eat. It's really kind of what we avoid versus what we add a lot back in it's, it's that sugar, it's those artificial colors. It's those artificial sweeteners. It's, you know, uh, not putting the processed, stuff into the system that the body doesn't know what to do or how to utilize that creates those inflammatory responses. So uh, I'm glad that you pointed that out. And you brought up the point that, you know, sometimes it's hard to grasp your head around is how reactive our bodies actually are or can be to the food that we're eating. Um, What people don't realize is even if you're not having some major symptoms that you quote unquote realize initially doesn't mean there's not something underlying going on uh, anytime you'd eat or, or partake in some of those quote unquote things that we're not supposed to eat. And what happens unfortunately is we kind of hit that proverbial straw that brace the camel's back eventually. And eventually we get these symptoms all of a sudden that, Oh, I didn't really change anything, but all of a sudden I have these problems. Well, it's probably because it was brewing under the surface for so long. Right that you're just now experiencing it. But uh, kudos to you, man, for uh, being so vigilant with this. And, 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 you know, I like the idea of putting it on the fridge as that daily reminder of what to do. And, it, and, and you kept it simple. I think that's the other problem people face is they get overwhelmed with too many nuances or they try to overcomplicate it or they try to, you know, do too much when in reality, it's really kind of just be real simple. And, and pick what works for you and, and then be consistent with it um, right. is also, um, you know, the, I think a message that you're, that you're sharing with it. And so through the chiropractic care, you, you reduce the inflammation through diet. Mm-hmm. So tell me, um, are you having any major limitations in how you post or what you do as a result of your diagnosis and that now that you've kind of moved this thing right. in the right direction?
1: Yeah. So that, that was the, you know, that's the, the, the one, uh, we haven't talked about the first F at all right up to now, um, is, uh, you know, I was doing some, I was doing some treadmill work, uh, you know, it was explained to me that, that heavy weights probably aren't the best idea. Right. But, um, you know, my chiro- chiropractor was saying that, you know, you shouldn't limit yourself because movement is going to help you. It's, it's much like, uh, treating arthritis, right. Um, you know, you can, you can certainly medicate and just ha- not have the pain, but it's not going to make the, uh, your joints any more flexible. Right. So he encouraged me, um, to work out, right. I was just doing, um, you know, some light gym work and, uh, and some treadmill running. Um, but again, without the, without the fellowship aspect of it, right. I wasn't, nobody was really pushing me. I was just going out on my own. Uh, if I went out, I went out, that was great. Um, but if I, um, you know, I didn't know what fart sacking was at the time, but if I decided to fart sack and not work out that day, nobody's going to, you know, follow up with the text and say, hey, where, where were you today, right? So um, I think the, the um, being invited into F3 was the perfect timing. And um, so what I started to do was, um, was boot camps. Um, the way it fell with where I was, um, geographically to different AOs, um, all of these boot camps were on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. So I said, "All right, well, let me let me set an initial goal and really gauge how I feel after these." Right? Um, I was noticing that um, you know I had no problems with with um, you know squats and 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 merkins and and you know any core work, um, but I did notice that Carolina dry docks, right, which are you know a, a high arching uh, wide shoulder, pretty much straight down, uh, push up. um, you know, doing a lot of those, um, did increase the pain a few hours afterwards. Right. So, um, you know, I understood that as something that I would, I would probably have to to modify or at least really focus on form so that I wasn't trying, you know, if it was, if it was AMRAP, well, I, I just had to, to fall in and try to try to just keep good form and, um, and try to concentrate on the muscles and not put in any uh, additional strain that I didn't have to. Um, I did avoid, you know, I knew what I was introduced to to the fact that you could work out with cinder blocks, kind of a cool concept. And uh, but figured let me let me just stick with boot camps until I can understand whether I can handle uh, the strength or not. Um, I didn't do run days only because I really just didn't like running. Um, you know, the, again, forcing me on the treadmill. The only thing keeping me on the treadmill was. Was popping my iPad on there and, and watching TV shows, right? Because the, at least that would keep you occupied. If I had to run without headphones or or run on the treadmill without something to look at or listen to, I just I wouldn't do it. I would I would be bored to tears. Um, so you know, again that that lasted for a while. Um, uh, a, a shout out. I was probably posting about three or four months, and then a a shout out to flight Mur- flight nurse. Um, he's a he's a cadre here in the Cape Fear. A lot of guys know him and. And, uh, you know, we were introduced and he started talking to me and I was like, he's like, so when do you post? I'm like, well, Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. He's like, what's wrong with Tuesdays, Thursdays and Saturdays? And, you know, somewhat kiddingly, but, you know, he, he made a good point. Um, and I was starting to realize that really the 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 daily regimen is what keeps you engaged. And, and I, I guess I just traditionally fit the type that would See all the opportunity that F3 offers and dive full on into it. Right, um, I have a few hobbies that I'm not just kind of a peripheral hobbyist. I like, you know, I dive right in. Right, you know, I um, I hear an artist I like. I don't want to hear just their their most popular album. I want to dig into the B sides and see them. Like, you know, just so I I dove headfirst into into F3 at that point and um, you know started running with guys and realized it was uh, you know I got up to. The uh, you know the the four mile ten minute pace uh, after a few months it was it was tough but uh, you know eventually I'm I'm posting at those Tuesday Thursday run days uh, to balance the boot camps and so probably for a good stretch in, in the latter part of 2021 and into uh, 2022 I was um, you know generally posting uh, five days a week uh, I had other obligations on Saturdays but I was I was you know I was doing boot camps some coupons. Um, and run days, um, you know, and including ECs, uh, you know, for the better part of the week. So, um, it would, it would help. And, um, you know, one of the main things is that it didn't hurt. Right. So all my preconceptions that a lot of the, the, you know, the strength work or, um, you know, doing exce- you know, I'm, I'm, it's not a gym, right. You're not, you're not lifting a, a barbell with two plates. Right. Um, but what I was doing as exercise, to maintain my uh, you know, my pain level, my health, to reduce the inflammation, everything that I was doing was either keeping it the same or improving it. And to me, that was, that was a win, right? Knowing that it wasn't going to c- completely go away, at the very least, it wasn't sending it in the wrong direction. So uh, I took that as a positive.
0: Yeah. And I I love to hear that, you know, essentially you're doing any and everything. I mean, it sounds like across the board, you're, you're not allowing, um, anything to get in the way of you getting out there and posting. Of course, you're learning what your body does better with, and, you know, you're making some modifications possibly with certain exercises and so forth, which is smart for anyone to do. But, you know, and, and I contrast that with, you know, I have, patients, as I mentioned already, that have similar conditions as you, but live a completely different lifestyle. You know, they, they don't pay attention to their diet. They may use sm- they may smoke, or they may drink excessively, or they just don't exercise. And they walk around decrepit and they, they're, they're, they're every time I see them, it's just, you can tell that they're miserable. And so you on the flip side have taken a completely different approach with the same diagnosis and really are showing, you know, the world what can be done despite the diagnosis with a different set of, uh, you know, action steps. And so I think that's encouraging. Uh, you know, there's probably people listening to this that either have loved ones or personally uh, have experienced stenosis, whether it's the neck and, or, or the low back. And certainly there's degrees of it. And there's certain, you know, uh, you know, levels of what you know somebody may be at when, when when they kind of finally get the diagnosis. But to your point, everything that you're doing would benefit, in my opinion, anyone with that condition as far as working on their posture, eating well, getting good rest, and doing all those things that they can do to hopefully ward off, you know, the ultimate. You know, think of surgery, and there's always a time and place for everything. Um, right. Unfortunately, surgery's not always successful. In fact, I have right. handfuls of patients that come in uh, post-surgery. You know, whether it's a year later, five years later, or ten years later, with almost the same problem, if not worse, due to scar right. tissue, or they're never addressed the underlying root cause. So the problem only continued to manifest despite the temporary fix of the surgical procedure. So, um, I love that you've gotten this long, uh, long long-term approach and this proactive approach, and that's certainly inspiring. Well, you know, we could probably talk forever, Snooki, as I said, uh, this is a passion of mine. I get to deal with this on a daily basis and see lives change. And and I loved the fact that you've shared your experience with us, but, uh, anyway, I want to kind of, uh, wrap us up so that uh, we can move on. I do have two final questions for you. Um, sure. The first is this, and you've already given us kind of your strategy and great tips. But if you had three tips to give someone to, to launch them on their hunt for wellness, or even around stenosis, what would those three tips be?
1: Yeah, sure. I think I think one would be, um, you know, we hear the expression of 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 getting a getting a second opinion, right? When you when you get a diagnosis, and I, I think I think getting a second opinion, um, it, it sounds like a t- to me it 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 diminishes the value of our physicians and and healthcare people, right? It's almost like, well, I don't believe the first one. I'm going to the second one. I think what you what you what you really need to do is just keep exploring what your what your diagnosis means because there may be alternative ways to treat it, right? You know, again, we, uh, you know, I, I for example, I never did acupuncture, right? But I know that could have been an option for me, right? I've done other traction messages. So is, uh, you know, there, there's certainly a number of different ways that I could manage this and, you know, researching all of those different options that you have um, is critical. Right. Um, you know, again, uh, as I mentioned before, I, I, I thought a pill would fix this. Um, that was my mentality. And when uh, when that um, wasn't going to happen, uh, I had to um, act differently than I normally would and say, OK, I have to step back now and analyze this issue from a from a broader sense. Um, the, um, and then the, the, uh, probably the, the second and third approach are really just understanding the, the, the combination of nutrition and fitness. Again, it seems so obvious. We know, we know that we see the success cases all the time, right. Of either people having a dramatic improvement in weight loss, um, or, um, you know, professionals who depend on this on a daily basis, right. Incredibly strict diets, um, lead to incredibly amazing results, right? For, for world-class athletes or, or bodybuilders and the like, right. That all seemed obvious, but, you know, I looked at pictures and I wasn't them. Right. So I didn't think that what I would do, you know, in my suburban home would have such an effect on, on my body that I did. Um, you know, I, I did mention that at, at probably my heaviest, I was 195. Um, and then the diet alone brought me down to one sixty five, um, wow. And at that point I wasn't even really exercising right and and in a sense I've actually increased um, my weight a little bit because I've I've taken a nutritional approach which will gain uh, muscle mass and uh, to, to your credit that was due to uh, I think maybe six episodes ago uh, okay, you can protein <laughs> intake right so again it's, yeah. it's really the, the the big thing is the you know nutrition alone you know may help you to a certain extent fitness alone may help you to a, a certain extent but it is really the you know, you take those two big aspects of your day-to-day life and then throw in a chronic condition. um, It just makes you, it gives you the need to, to be more aware of what you're putting in your body and, 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 you know, what you do to, to maintain its health or improve it.
0: Got it. Perfect, man. I appreciate that perspective. So I do have one final question for you, but uh, before we ask that, uh, I do want to just take a few minutes here and acknowledge you again and say, thank you for your willingness to come on the show and willingness to share your experience and being vulnerable about what you're doing. I, I know it's going to be impactful for those that listen and, and people across the nation. If people wanted to reach out to you, if people wanted to follow you or just ask a question about what you share today, what are some best ways for them to do that?
1: Yeah, probably the best way is uh, nation slack. Uh, I'm on there as, as Snooky Cape fear. Um, and, uh, you could just reach out to me on there and, you know, happy to, you know, talk to you over zoom, uh, share my email or sell my, share my, my cell on that, uh, on nation slack.
0: Perfect. Do you have, uh, other social media, like a Twitter account too? That if yeah, someone's Twitter not on is uh,
1: is my initials J R it's three J's and then three R's. So JJJ, RRR, uh, easier to write than it is to say, um, and then uh, you could also um, just look me up on Facebook, kind of have a generic name, may not find me as easily in Wilmington, North Carolina. Um, but, you know, uh, again, Pride, those are, are two alternative ways you could reach okay. out.
0: Perfect. I appreciate it. And so, Snuggie, my last question is this, uh, what is your definition of wellness?
1: Sure. So, um, you know, really to echo what you said, that thanks for all you've done in, in help educating the, the rest of the packs too. Um, you know, I've certainly learned a lot. Um, I pretty much do listen to, to every episode and, um, you know, use a lot of the tips and, and try to spread um, some of the information you share to the other packs in our region. Um, and I think that that blends into my definition is that um, I've, I've had a very keen um, awareness now of, you know, there's uh, what you put in uh, will get you a desired outcome, right? And I really want to focus on the desired outcome of wellness, right? You can have an outcome. It can be an unexpected outcome, right? But the, um, the idea of having a, you know, certainly a, a pain-free, um, healthy um, life where you're also um, eating comfortably, right? You're not, you're not eating uh, too less so that you're you know, too little, that you're hungry, uh, or exercising too much that you're physically exhausted, right? If your desired outcome based on certain conditions, right? Your, your age, um, you know, certain chronic conditions you have, again, like my, um, like for now, the, the scoliosis, right? Looking at who you are and then adapting what you put in to achieve a desired outcome. Um, it does take a lot of work, uh, it does take persistence. Um, but I think there, um, there is, um, there's joy and happiness. If you, if you have hope that, you know, pulling all these things together, um, will have a, a good outcome for you. And as I mentioned before, those around me, right. I want, I want to be a happy guy in the house. I want to contribute. Um, I'm a father of three, um, you know, married for, for close to 30 years, so, um, you know, I want to maintain that, that lifestyle and, and live a, a productive life.
0: Thanks for listening to the Hunt for Wellness podcast. Please rate and review our show and be sure to share it with your F3 brothers. As always, we are looking for inspiring stories to share and health experts to interview. So if that's you, please reach out to me at bones at huntforwellness.com, on the nation's Slack at Bones or Twitter at HFW Podcast. And until next time, this has been Bones guiding the packs of F3 Nation on their hunt for wellness.